0: Welcome to Kevin's Oblast Radio. It is December 29th, 2011, and I'm trying to just put together some Oblasts. put up a little post on videogamenews.com in the forum section asking what some of the guys would like, or girls, would like to uh, hear uh, on the latest Oblast. I'm not doing any interviews right now because my scheduling time is pretty crazy. I have... Um, been doing some consulting and some website building and you know the holidays came and uh, that's kinda where I am right now of course is in between New Year's Eve and Christmas and uh, then I got my day job and management of that and everything it's making it just difficult to be able to tell somebody you know hey I'll be home at this time you know let's get together and do a show because most of the time I'm usually talking to people in other countries I like to try to be a little bit flexible That just hasn't happened right now, but I'm hoping eventually we'll have more time for that. I wanted to do a series of interviews with a lot of the guys from VGN and possibly the guys on Spill, especially the loading bar, but um, it just, again, hasn't come together for me. So, um, eventually, that'll take place. So, uh, in the meantime, one of the things uh, people wanted me to talk about was uh, the um, SOPA, which is the um, Stop Online Piracy Act, which is something Congress has taken up and is preparing to vote on, uh, which is a uh, a bill to protect copyright of music movies, video pictures, whatever and um, there's a lot of public outcry on the internet about it and um you know people really don't want this thing to to uh to pass and uh, you know looking at things objectively for a minute uh, l- let's look at the root of the problem before i talk about the bill okay uh, what's happened over the past 100 years or so or maybe 200 years is that you know we've had a couple of inventions come along that created uh, giant industries and paid people a lot of money um you know but we had the motion picture industry and we had the recorded uh, sound industry and uh, the motion picture industry you know stemmed from the fact that uh, basically you could take a bunch of uh, photographs very quickly and then play them back flip through them and uh, you know shine a light through them and you know display a film or movie or whatever onto a screen and everybody could pay a fee to sit down and watch uh, the, the movie And, you know, if you go back and you think about it for a minute, it's pretty amazing in the sense that there was no electricity involved in this technology. They managed to capture people's uh, images and make movies with hand cranks and, you know, I guess candlelight, you know, at at times until the invention of the light bulb. Uh, And, you know, basically had this whole little endeavor going and, you know, Hollywood, blew up, and they made movies all the time, and uh, it's interesting because, you know, these movies didn't even have sound, you just had a guy in there playing the piano or whatever because they just had no way of um, actually having audio. Audio actually came later than film, and you would think, you know, with computers and everything, it's almost like the opposite, you know, we, we've we had the the computer power to uh, to deal with sound better than video for the longest time, and, you know, only in, say, the past ten years or so, uh, have we really had computers fast enough? Now, nah, maybe twenty years. I'm dating myself. Um, that uh, can handle video in a um, in a good way. So, so what's happened though is that you know, um, where musicians and actors throughout all of history before the last couple hundred years got paid to perform, uh, they created this new industry where they could perform once and get paid forever more Uh, this would be like if you were an auto mechanic and you went in and you fixed a car and uh, then you know that recorded action of you fixing the car could be sold to uh, everyone and it could fix all their cars if they had those you know exact circumstances of problems and you would want to get paid for each one of those instances that you you sold to all those people and it would revolutionize the car repair industry because you would have um, duplicated one person's effort and you were able to uh, spread it out through, you know, all of the people that needed it. Uh, I argue that that's actually a job killer. Uh, You know, many people say, well, that's, you know, it's created all these jobs and everything. But really, if you look back at history, it's really kind of killed jobs. Let's look at the movie industry, for instance. You know, in the movie industry, before that, you had um, a lot more live-action uh, plays and theater. You know, you go back to the movies from, like, you know, the early 40s, 30s, things like that, and you, you always hear people that came off of different um, uh, circuits. You know, these guys like Fred Astaire and stuff, that could dance, and these women that could dance and sing and uh, everything that was going on at the time. This all came out of... Uh, Vaudeville and and um, different uh, you know Broadway and acting circuits that went on around all over the place and these actors were the best of the best that they could find working all of these different venues and things and you know these people would tour in in, in groups and and you would go to any major city and you would have theater after theater here in Cleveland we used to have theaters you know everywhere if you go back to any old uh, cities or anything and look through like historical archives you're going to see theaters you know all the time you you watch any of these old movies that are on and there's theaters running all the time people would go to the theater and see live action plays and and things and you know I'm not saying that these things don't exist anymore they do but they don't exist at the level that they used to and most of the theaters now are run down and and gone because there's no money in it anymore. No one goes to these things. Cleveland has like a couple of places like Playhouse Square that are still big, you know, if you're a if you're a big New York style play and you're coming to town, you'll play at Playhouse Square. But all of these other theaters that used to be here are long gone. And in many suburbs there were if your suburb is fairly old, you know, like we have some old ones here that are just outside the city, all of those theaters are gone. And a lot of them turned into movie theaters. You know, they made the eventual thing, and some of you have probably been into those movie theaters, and you looked at the, a lot of the architecture in there, and you were like, boy, this place is really kind of weird for being just a movie theater. It's got like columns and, you know, statues and gargoyles and baby angels and things and weird patterns and prints on the wall. And all those jobs, and all of those owners, and everyone went away when the film industry was created and instead you you have now a more you know a, a different thing that you know the the hollywood industry moved a lot of the actors and things and in, and into hollywood and you still have movie theaters but let's be serious what's the staff of a movie theater i mean i've been in movie theaters where the staff is probably 3 people you know there's like one girl taking tickets in the front one guy working the concession counter and there's a there's obviously um, uh, a movie guy, you know, whatever they call it, film dude, <laughs> whatever they call that guy, uh, sitting in the back, you know, he just makes sure that the movie starts. And as things move over to digital, that film dude's probably not even going to be necessary anymore. There's probably just going to be a button timer thing that goes off, and the movie starts playing. So you basically have a couple of people working like a concession counter for you to come in, sit down in a chair and, and watch a film, and then somebody comes in and sweeps up afterwards. Maybe the manager and one of the kids that works there. This isn't, nobody's making money off of these jobs, you know what I mean? Nobody's like, hey, I just got, maybe the film guy is maybe the manager, but everybody else in the theater, they're just kids, and they're they're collecting a check and stuff like that, but the industry itself it's all centered out of Hollywood or a couple other places, you know, that that are scattered around that do like, you know, say Pixar and their 3D effects and that kind of thing. Disney, you know, maybe they do some stuff down in Orlando or however it is. And uh, all of these actors get paid, you know, millions and millions of dollars, right? Because now you have this sort of um, scale going on where... Um, Robert De Niro is in a film and then he's out and he, you know, millions and millions of people are seeing his movie. So, you know, he gets, you know, $50 million or a year or something for all his films. And he gets his residual checks and everything. And Robert De Niro get, lives fat on the land. But what happens to all the other upper people that want to be actors? All the people that want to be in that, like, tiny percentile? They never get anything. I mean, they never really get off the ground. Because there is no... Other circuit that pays real money. I mean, porn, I guess, or maybe like some really bad B-rated stuff. But for the most part, if you're not in with Hollywood, then you're nobody. So the the career of an actor is squashed now because you can't go from city to city and work in theater to theater. You can't um, do anything except go to Hollywood in hope that you can somehow break in to the handful of actors and actresses that they use over and over and over again, versus the amount of people that actually want to be in the industry itself. And I'm not saying that there's not a lot of people employed by this industry. okay? But what I'm saying is is that there were more people employed, by far more people employed, back in the day. Now granted there's population change between now and then and you know there are um, probably terrible statistics on it out there that if you try to look this stuff up I mean who knows what somebody's going to say and different theaters and things are going to be different but a theater would run so many different uh, uh, plays and um, dancing and um, whatever on and on that it's hard to even judge how many, you know, things. They would just be going all day, all the time. And the interesting thing about that is that when movies came along, uh, movies were like an all-day type of thing where kids would go to the movie theater during the day and they would pay like a quarter and they would watch like a Western and that Western would, um, you know, a lot of these Westerns, there was hundreds of them, you know. I mean, it would be like a series. It would be like a television series. And, you know, they would just keep making uh, new ones all the time, and you know, they, they often describe it as like the heyday of Hollywood, because you know, they were just churning movies out all the time. I mean, just a crazy number of films. There were so many different film companies. I mean, quality was suspect. Nobody really understood, you know, the whole art of it or anything. You know, some things are just obviously going to be better than others. And you know, audiences would be more, you know, interested in the gossip and the things that would come out of it, etc. But, you know, on the whole... Uh, you know, we've done a massive consolidation with film. And I would argue that the same thing has happened with music. You are a struggling musician, and you are trying to get your album out there and known, but you have fewer and fewer venues to actually go and play in, and those venues don't play or pay that much. And, you know, people are able to get music now through a recorded means, and they're able to listen to it at their leisure, and so now the the musician is basically, you are in constant competition with, you know, the world's ability to play music and have it ready for somebody to listen to at a moment's notice so that you can actually go out and perform with your band and get paid for it uh, unless you, you know, schedule a show. Then it's usually on your back to try to get enough people in there to watch the show, you know, and, and then you got to try and hustle and sell albums and everything and you just really don't find too many people out there saying hey i want to go out to a nightclub and watch um you know some uh, some kind of you know you know what it is it's like you can go to you can go out right you can go watch a band play but there's that's like a a venue that's like a concert club it's always like something where you go and you're like, you know, you can buy a overpriced beer in a can for seven dollars or something, and then watch like a band play. But the the days of like say nightclubs and things that you know I'm envisioning from like the the '50s and the '40s and things back. You know, look at the big band era. You know, look at like um, yeah, people would go into nightclubs and there would be you know a. a uh, just a common occurrence. They would just be musicians playing all the time. Who all got paid? You know, that was their job. They went in every day and they were like, today I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work at, over at uh, Harbo's bar and I'm going to play a bass and that's going to be my job, you know, and I'm going to get paid the wage and I'm going to go home. And uh, the music industry killed it, man. Now it's a jukebox in the corner and it just, you know, people throw dollars into it. You know, the bartender guy's happy. Hey, I get, you know, I don't have to pay for a band and everything. But, you know, You know, the arguments always go, well, you know, the bartender makes money on the jukebox and now he can hire more people and they can stick around that stuff because he's going to reinvest it in his own business. You know, that whole Republican mindset. That shit never happened, right? Bars are bars. You know what I mean? The jukebox are not the jukebox. The band, not the band. I mean, they're always going to exist. And the fact is is that there used to be people who could play instruments at any place at any time. And as as a kid growing up, you could be a musician and you could go out and you could be basically any kind of musician you wanted to be and there was a place for you and now there's not i mean it's basically you've got to try and get a record deal and you have to have a record company that has millions of dollars to invest in you and in order to promote you and basically the music you know that comes out of the the, the mainstream today is terrible but the, the you know the audiences don't care anymore because they're not exposed to Real musicians and real music anymore. They don't go out and find a place that plays songs, uh, you know, by a band, and they don't say, "I really like that guy or this band, etc." Because even if you're in a band and you're, you know, you you go to a concert club and you put on a show, the thing is, is that you're not there every day. So they see you once a month or once a year or whatever it is when you decide to make a journey back to wherever it is you're at. We're back, you know, in the nightclub era, the big band era. You could go to the the show every day you know you could see the same band play every day and they play new songs and some of your old favorites and everything and you would have an appreciation for music that you don't have today okay so where this is all going is the fact that in the past 200 years we've created this industry that they figured out how to use technology to copy the music and the movies and sell them at a profit and what's happened is that we the people of the United States, as well as other people around the world, have figured out, hey, we can copy this stuff, too, because technology has gotten even better now so that now you no longer have, meaning the record industry and the movie industry, uh, to use an expensive machine to make uh, copies. We can all make copies very inexpensively on our home printing presses and our home copying devices. So, now the movie and in- and music industry comes back and says, well, hey, wait a minute. This is our monopoly. We have the ability to do this because we are selling. It's our music. And we're selling it to you. And this is our whole business plan. And now you guys are fucking it up. Well, that's true. I mean, it is true. They own the music. And they've created a um, a, a world of licensing and um, lawyers and... Court cases and things that sort of determine what we are supposed to be allowed to do with the music in the movies and what we're not supposed to be able to do with the movies and the music, as well as you know the um, software that's come along and you know the the ability for people to copy images and things on websites as well, you know, graphics and things like that. I mean, even there's fonts out there in the world that are owned by someone and everybody has copyrights and things books and things have been digitalized and sent around and everything so the industry is now saying look we're losing tons and tons of money on uh, people copying these things for free and distributing them to each other for free so we need a way to stop it. Now I do argue and this is more mostly my personal opinion that if this industry were to die I think we would be better for it. I think that it is true that you would not be able to put on a movie of say Transformers style quality without having millions of dollars and people invested in it Um, and I agree with that. I agree with that 100% but I don't agree that that matters I think that the the benefit of an industry that's dead is that you have more independence all over the place and you have more people working and more people having jobs and frankly from the entertainment value of it you know we've got over a hundred years of movies already uh, that we all could probably never watch in a lifetime uh, of everything that's out there and you know, the next generation, the next generation will just have so many movies to choose from. Do they really need more movies? Do we? We just keep remaking ones now. They keep coming up with, hey, let's remake Conan the Barbarian again. You know, let's remake Spider-Man again. Um, uh, uh, X-Men again. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes they make better ones. And I think everybody enjoys them. And a lot of, most people, most people are pretty honest. They go out and buy them, you know. But I think there's value in a lot of the things that people buy when there's sets and things like that. And, you know, a lot of prices are fairly inexpensive. You go to a grocery store and they're five bucks or something. So I don't really honestly think the industry will die. I just think that it'll exist in a much more um, smaller capacity. I mean, if one thing is, is that you imagine if you have a play or you're in a band and you're very popular and you build an audience and you travel the world, that you're going to make plenty of money, and you're going to experience things that you normally would have experienced any other time in the period of history except the last 200 years. We have artists today that make albums and never leave their house and get paid millions of dollars. We have a, we have musicians today that don't even really play any instruments, and they get paid millions of dollars. And I would say that most musicians agree with most of what I'm saying. I would also say that most people would tend to argue some of the points of this. I will, I will say to you that I'm not really here to run for president and I'm not going to enact any laws. I mean, I'm doing a radio show and I've had these arguments with people over and over and over again. And I do understand both sides of it. I do understand that there is a dream among many people that they could one day be in some big uh, band or, or film company or something and that they would want to get their piece of the pie as well. The thing is, though, that, you know, among the 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 things in, in the American dream and all of this in my mind is the fact that most people work, they go to work every day. They don't get paid for the work they did before. They get paid for the work that they do. And, you know, they say, well, these things are art or these things are, you know, um, uh, uh, it's a different sort of metric, I suppose. But <clears throat> I, I I just argue that, uh, you know, what defines that is mostly just due to popularity. And what defines popularity is mostly due to the money that's being poured into it from the industry itself. Uh, I would say that nobody really thinks the Kardashians are very um, purposeful for anything. I mean, they're not really... Um, doing anything on their television shows or or expressing any thoughts or doing anything in in the in any way that i could imagine could be considered artistic um, except for art you know itself and um, yet they were paid millions of dollars to basically be a brand because the e-channel and um, their own uh, companies have a vested interest in shoving them in your face all the time So that you now know when I say Kardashians who I'm talking about. And you probably may have never even watched the show. You may have never even seen, you know, Kim Kardashian's video. You may never have ever known who they were. But you know who I'm talking about, most likely, because the industry has made you aware of them. And that has made their brand something that you have to be aware of. And it may not even be something you enjoy. And I think this is bad for America. I think it's bad for the world, to be honest with you. Because I think that this information that we get about people that we don't have any sort of contact with ends up influencing, especially kids, but influencing even other people in their regular ways of how people act in the real world and how people are supposed to act and what people are supposed to want. And I think that, you know... I'm not one of those people that says, I should just shut the TV off and never turn it on again. It's the devil's box or something. I don't believe that at all. I don't. I mean, I I think that there's probably some sort of entertainment there at at a train wreck level that makes it funny to watch. But I also think that I would prefer if I had choices that were not just fed to me by corporate interests. And unfortunately, if you go through a cable box these days, and there's 500 channels on cable, and you start flipping through them, I mean, you're going to maybe find a handful of things you're going to want to watch, and the rest of them are just millions of dollars being thrown at you to sell commercials and to sell brand. We all know so many things about so many things that we just don't even really care about, and it's because the industry has made us aware of these things that we just, you know, we go through life, and we're like, we don't really need to know about Paris Hilton, you know? I mean, we don't. It's like... uh, I mean, Justin Bieber, I guess, is very popular amongst girls. I've never really watched a Bieber video. I don't listen to the radio, so I don't listen to Justin Bieber songs. But everybody knows who the fuck the kid is, you know? I mean, it's crazy. And so, anyhow. So we have this problem where this music industry is trying to survive its death throes because it's become so simplistic to copy everything that we hear and everything that we see that um, they want to try and make it so they can prevent it and they have not been that successful and their new endeavors aren't really going to be that successful either now let me ask you a question being a listener and you know think about this for a minute but the 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 thing is is that when they try and stop you from copying what you're listening to, or recording what you're watching, uh, you know, for your own use, not to distribute, but for your own use. Um, do you feel as though that is? Um, they're right. They should be able to prevent you from listening to, or recording their song, and recording their video, and, you know so you can only watch it when they say you can watch it. This is really the battle that is taking place between the industry and you as the consumer of their products. They have invented something in essence that they want to determine when you can and cannot listen to it and when, you know, what defines your ownership of it. If you go and you buy an album today, you go buy a CD. Let's say you go buy a Britney Spears CD, right? Not that you would, but let's just use that as an example. And uh, she has a song on their um, circus, right? And so her circus song, um, you've purchased it on the CD. Now you've broken the CD. Do you still own the song? No. According to them, you never actually owned anything. You owned the license to the recording that was on the CD to listen to that recording only. And the minute you broke it, the license is void, you no longer have access to that recording anymore, so you no longer have that song. In fact, everything that you have in terms of uh, video games and movies and uh, music is just a license. And it's all a license for you to be able to listen to it on the particular medium that you have it on and no other mediums whatsoever. And I think as Americans Uh, You know, especially as myself, I I, I tend to find this a little bit, I don't know, a bit aggravating. I I understand, in essence, that, you know, they're not giving me the right to copy it and give it to anyone I want to give it to. Fair enough. Because, you know, there's some um, common sense on that. That, you know, they've sold me a product I shouldn't be legally making copies of it and just giving it to anyone I want to give it to. At the same time, I think that the um, my rights as an individual, that when I have something that I have in my own ownership, that I should have the right to um, do with it whatever I want if it's for myself. If I want to make copies of it and store them, or play them on five different DVD players, or whatever I wanted to do, that should be my right. And that's something that, no, that's not actually the case. And a lot of people say, well, there's fair use. And fair use, a lot of people don't even really understand fair use, uh, fair use law. And and mostly it's for educational purposes, um, and not so much just for you to be able to go in and make copies of things. I'm not too sure. I'm sure I could look it up on Google. Crassus, don't start searching. Um, But uh, I'm not too sure that um, outside of the old VHS versus Betamax uh, conversation that there's been real um, uh, legislation that has proven that it is okay for you to make a copy of something in your own home for your own private use. It's um, something I think a lot of places have tried to argue with and... They've made, you know, co- uh, DVD copying software, video game copying software, emulators and things have gone to court with those exact same sort of uh, arguments. Hey, these are just going to be used by people to make backups of their own stuff, and every time the court says no, sorry, you can't have that. Okay, so there's something I disagree with. I think you should be able to do that, and I think that, you know... You know they make it an end run around it these days because the Digital Millennium Copyright Act makes it so you're supposedly still allowed to make copies, but it's since you've broken the encryption, that's really the problem. The court always manages to find some gray area out there that sorts of screws it up. Now, if I was in the, if I was going to solve this problem, okay, if I worked in the in the um, the movie industry, or if I worked in the uh, sound industry, or maybe even the software industry, I would create a uh, new medium, right, that people can't copy. They used to basically have this. It was analog, okay? You could copy a cassette tape, but you could only do it so many times before the the sound quality degraded. So there wasn't much threat in somebody taking a, a, a recording and making too many copies of it. Same with records, okay? It's only when we went to this digital thing that it got all kind of screwed up. And really, if you think about it now, we don't talk in digital. Our audio is still analog. Okay, we've just found a very cheap and inexpensive way to record sound and video, and you know the thing is, is that Americans, and a lot of people in other countries, are obsessed by quality of things. I mean, uh, they want the best quality. So if you were to just say, well, we're going to start releasing our stuff on LaserCube or something, okay, and it was not computerized, it was all some sort of weird analog thing that was, uh, you know, sort of cutting-edge new, that people could, yeah, you could still record the song, okay, you could still record the video, but it wouldn't be of the same quality. I mean, if you could just argue that to people long enough, people would just be, you would think that people would be like, well, it's okay, I'll just I'll just take it like this, but it, really that's just not really the case people tend to migrate towards the better quality stuff and um uh, they would have at least some standing on that you know saying well this uses the new like uh, eight speakers surround sound format or something or the you know the neural interface or something all they have to do though in my bottom line is, my ideas are probably not that great oh that's my phone sorry so uh my interface is, you know, my idea may not be the, the, the end-all, be-all, whatever my idea here is, but the point is, is that if they went to something that was more uh, technologically advanced in a way that computers couldn't emulate it, uh, then, you know, it could just be really expensive so that you couldn't just take it and put it into... Um, a computer and copy it because you would need a special um, device in order to do it. I mean, it's kind of like the same thing where we had, you know, DVD burning really didn't take off right away because it was really expensive to um, own a DVD burner and the blank media was was prohibitively expensive. And that's how Blu-ray is sort of today. Uh, getting a Blu-ray burner now is not that expensive, but getting cheap. Uh, dual-layer Blu-ray media is still um, an expensive, expensive thing. So, you know, if the industry would just sort of find something that maybe a computer can't really emulate properly, which I would argue analog is a perfect format that they used to, you know, go back to the record, man. Go back to the record. Because, I mean, if you think about it, people would be like, I don't want to listen to records and stuff, but think about how brilliant it would be just to go back to the vinyl record. Because... First of all, okay, you could argue that the sound quality is better because we do hear in analog and we do speak in analog, and you can can copy a record. There are record things that drop the music to MP3 format files all the time, but the quality of those things are a suspect because the needle will crackle and dip and pop, and you're going to have to have somebody that has a masterful freaking precision record player to get it in a format, you know from that analog into digital. You know, you're basically gonna to have to have somebody remaster it into a digital format in order to copy it. That's gonna make it extremely painful for people to make copies of their music. And for the most part, you will see a, a big dip in piracy because of that, because you'll just make it so um, the, the that that one copy that's out there, I know who everybody's thinking right now, well, there's going to be one guy, he's going to live in Russia, and he's going to have all that equipment, and all he has to do is release that one copy of that song and get it out there. But they can make enough algorithms and things out there to find that one song and ban it off the net. If That's really what they want to do. Um, The the problem that they have today is the fact that there's so many variations because so many people can make copies of these songs that the signatures that they try to um, detect them with when they use this sort of technology, isn't always uh, spot on. But anyway, that's just a fun idea. I'm not really thinking anybody's going to actually do it, but it'd be funny. Plus, I mean, hey, man, vinyl's kind of cool. You had these big poster-sized images on the album. You had the liner notes. You had uh, the double side, you know, like you open it up and there's like graphics and things in the middle. And um, uh, I sort of miss that the whole time. You know, today, you know, with digital music especially, you get nothing, and um, the CD was a terrible replacement for vinyl records in terms of uh, um, production. The plastic case on CDs are terrible. I mean, whoever invented those things should be shot. They're just awful. I would have been happier if they had just been made out of, like, cardboard, I think, because, I mean, those plastic cases just crack and break, um, and they're just awful. I mean... Records came in cardboard sleeves, and I don't know why uh, CDs just didn't do the same thing. I don't know why they thought it would be better to put the whole thing into that plastic case because they're a nightmare. But anyway, let's get to SOPA. So there's actually two bills. Everybody's talking about SOPA right now because SOPA's the one that's about to be voted on. But before SOPA, well, hold on. In case you don't understand how our government works, you have the Senate, okay, and then you have Congress. And when you're passing a new bill that's going to go to the president, for the president to sign, you basically have to have a bill pass in both the Senate and the House. Okay, They don't have to be the same bill. In fact, they usually never are. But they have to be similar so that they can go to a committee. The committee can merge them into one final bill. And then Congress votes on that final bill. And then if that goes, then it goes to the president, and the president signs it. So, we already had a bill pass, just like SOPA. It's called Protect IP. Protect IP was basically a way for corporations to go to um, the Senate Judiciary, uh, well, no, excuse me, the... Um, Justice Department. That's what. That's the word I'm looking for. They go to the Justice Department, and um, they basically say, "Hey, look, this is a website that is on in Russia. Who doesn't respect our copyright?" And they're basically saying to people that you know this is free stuff for the Americans. You can download all the music you want for free, or you can pay it with just a penny. And the Justice Department can then investigate the website. And it looks for, you know, the domain name registration, places that are um, in business with the website, such as advertisers and um, banks and things, PayPal, for instance, and uh, some technology companies. And they go in and they say, listen, you guys can't work with these guys anymore. Take it down, Okay. And the domain name service will have to um, switch off their uh, domain name registration for them. The banks will have to stop doing business with them, etc. So, this bill that I've just described passed, and it passed the Senate, and. Um, Basically, um, where is it right here? Yeah, so um, it was just it was just placed on hold by Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon, Democrat. He just has a hold on it, okay, in the Senate, but that doesn't mean it's not going to come come up and, and go to a vote. Uh, I mean it, excuse me, it passed already, and it already was voted on. It just means that it's placed on hold and it will eventually be released when the congressional bill is done and that is where we get into sopa sopa is congress's version of protect ip but what but the difference is mainly okay is that what sopa changes about it or adds to it I guess I should say is that now the justice department goes to individual ISPs, meaning your internet service provider, and says they must make it so you cannot go to that website. The way they do this is varied. One of the most common ways people talk about it is that they can change the DNS entries, but they can also, the bill provides for them, to do deep packet inspection and actually can see what URL you're going to, what data you're transmitting and they are to prevent you from doing that. The internet service providers like Verizon and things are um, concerned about it but they say that they're you know talking to the Justice Department about technologies they could use in order to help combat this problem. Now I would think that, you know, if you're for or against piracy or whatever, you know, and maybe you want to be able to still go to your porn site and download your free porn or whatever you want to have going on in your life, the 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 reality is, is that I guess we could all agree um, that, uh, at least in principle, that, you know, we know that what we're doing is against the law. We may not agree with the law. But we know that it's against the law that if we're going over to other websites and we're downloading stuff, that that's wrong. So we can all agree that you know what they're you know what they're trying to do is is prevent these things from happening. And um, the the issue, I guess, you know that you that we have though with this is that when they do this, whose rights are being taken away? Do you have the right, as an American citizen, right, to see what's out on the Internet? Do you have the right to go to this website, not take something from it, but do you have the right to go there and see what is available? And I would argue that you do. I would say that corporate interest in blocking you from things they deem to be um, copyright is what's at hand here, or even what the government feels you shouldn't be able to see. WikiLeaks is a prime example. The government could easily have said that the documents that Bradley Manning sent to WikiLeaks were copyrighted. They were owned by the United States government, and I would not argue that that is true, They that it's their copyright, they are the owners of it, so that they, the Justice Department could then order all of the ISPs in the United States to shut down access to WikiLeaks, and they would have to comply. Now... Not only, not only would that have happened, which it would have, but uh, the, the, the deeper problem is that you are only talking in your mind about music and movies. You have to think about, say, artwork on websites. Um, how many websites have a picture of Mario, or a picture of Wolverine, or a picture of, um, I don't know, Britney Spears or maybe Kim Kardashian? And they're not; they have no rights to these things. They have no use for them. Imagine Facebook. Imagine um, you know any of these places on the internet. Heck, my website alone probably has some people's avatar images that are probably totally copyrighted. So the Justice Department could go in, and they could see these images and force your ISPs to stop going to my website. It could stop you from going from Facebook until those websites manage to make changes in order to facilitate that these sorts of things don't happen. Now, what does that do? I mean, does that basically make it so nobody can upload images anymore? Possibly, yes. Does it make it so nobody can upload audio anymore? Yes. In fact, I argue that if you actually go to, um, say, Facebook and things, that you have no real ability to upload audio uh, and, and share it with anyone of any kind. And, you know, in some ways, the laws that hammered the MP3 music industry have, you know, destroyed and deteriorated our ability to actually enjoy and share music because we have no real way of doing it anymore. Music used to be something that you could go and you could share with people and and listen to it. And now it's become something very personal and very private because we're not really legally allowed to do that anymore. And it's... Um, it's a different thing, though, and I, I I understand why that is the case because, again, you talk about this this copying thing being illegal. I think in a perfect world, I think that if I was king of the world, I would just say that all music could be copied. And I would say that musicians would have to make their money performing. And I would say that if they, you know, that would probably destroy the um, the music industry, I realize that, um, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I, in fact, I I think that there's so much great music out there already that everybody has access to. That's one hand of it. And the other hand is that musicians would find more places to play. They would find more um, opportunities than they can get now. In terms of the the movie industry, I do think it's a little bit of a different argument, but I, I think that... Um, It's not something that you can actually um, prevent from happening. I don't think in either of these cases any of this stuff will actually prevent anything from happening. And what you end up with is um, a further encroachment on your rights as citizens and people going in and saying, you cannot look at this, you cannot look at this, you cannot go here, this is not yours. I mean, imagine, you know, go back to like Fahrenheit... uh, one fifty one and or whatever it was, and uh, my brain's rotting. I can't remember the numbers anymore. Um, but anyway, go back to like um, where we talk about book burnings for a minute, okay? And we talk about how uh, the Nazis or um, other, like the Soviets and things, would would take books and burn them in piles and um, in order to destroy the knowledge that the books contained and keep the people from uh, reading them. And do we not have a similar uh, situation now where we're saying that you are only allowed access to the books that you have the rights to? To me that's pretty much exactly what's happening. It's just that it's not used against books, it's used against music, it's used against movies. You know, where do people find their intellectual draw from today? Do they find it from books? No. You know, maybe that's to the, you know, to the detriment of our society. But the reality is is that most people find all of their knowledge from television, the Internet, and movies. And for the most part, I would say, these days, it's mostly from the Internet. So, by creating laws that take away your rights to the Internet, be it for a good reason or a bad reason, depending on which side of the coin you fall on, then you're basically doing the same thing. You're essentially book-burning. Uh, you're basically saying that people do not have access to certain things out there. Um, there's got to be a better way. you know. If, if you take away everything I said, you don't agree with me, and you say that this is theft, and people are stealing things, and they're not going to just get rid of all this stuff, and et cetera, et cetera. I've heard all these arguments before, and, and that's fine. If, if, if that's what you believe, then there has to be a better way to do it. And, you know, from a, a technological standpoint, you know, I, one, you know, I at one point argued that, you know, you go back to an analog format, uh, you go back to a film medium, uh, you go back to a way of making it so, you know, people have to buy, like, film on reel-to-reel projectors or something and watch their movies that way. Uh, good luck copying that shit and putting it out on the Internet. I mean, it's going to look like crap. And, but, you know, the thing is is that maybe those are the one, some ways that the industry could fight and combat this sort of thing. And the other, you know, reality is is that from a technological standpoint, um, you know, there's probably no realistic way to do it. And so all they're going to do with their laws is make it so they're going to put people in jail for um, copying things. And when I say that, I mean, ultimately they fine you. And when you can't pay the fine, then, you know, you end up going to jail. You know, or your life is ruined or destroyed or something because of it. I mean the 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 impact of it all is is too great and as a people we you know we're not really dealing with um a sort of fair balance of, of rational thinking. You have people on one side who think theft is bad and it's blanket, and you have the other side that thinks everything should be free and that's the way of the world. And you know, there needs to be some place in the in the middle that everybody could meet and say, "Look, you know, maybe we have an internet tax." Uh, now, I don't tax is a bad word because everybody's against that, but maybe we have some sort of um, minimal fee that we pay into something like taxes, though, like we pay our government in taxes that basically, you know, socializes uh, the music system. Ultimately, they get um a percentage of the money you know for the music that is uh downloaded on the internet so you can go out and download it's a, like one big um itunes type of thing like everybody can get all their music for free from itunes right for the rest of their lives um but whatever songs you get the music industry gets a percentage of that and everybody gets a flat tax based on uh you know that based on usage and, um, you know, everybody's, everybody's in at that point. Everybody's opted in. Everybody has to participate in it. And now, all of a sudden, you don't have to pay. You know, they say that this SOPA thing and this Protect IP Act is going to cost something like $47 million a year that our government has to do to enforce this. And, you know, you could take that kind of money and apply it to a system like this and probably take away a lot of this other copyright lawyer fees Uh, judicial fees and everything and pour all that money back into a simple system that allows people to go in and download all this music for free and um, yeah, you know everybody gets paid, they're still happy everybody gets all the music, they're still happy and we as a society, as a people uh, would probably progress in a more positive way because we would be able to say, you know this is something that we all have access to everyone has access to this no one is exclusive to it um, and maybe music then no longer becomes something of a uh, a niche thing that the independent guy has just as much of a chance to be found and, and seen as as the next guy. I don't know. But as you can see, that's just one idea of many that floats around. And the movie industry maybe could be the exact same way, you know. You just get opted in to something. We all watch movies and buy movies. And, I mean, sure there's going to be some guy out in Arizona who lives in the mountains somewhere ain't going to do it um you know whatever i mean you're going to get that but your general per- person you know is going to have a percentage of this and there there could be factors at play but you just figure it all out and you you come up with some system and and the looks listen the mu- the music industry and the movie industry would still have to compete because they would only get their percentages of the pay that goes into the system based on uh how many people watched or downloaded their their video or their or their song or whatever so that they would still have to make the best possible pictures they can make for the widest audience they can make it for, and you wouldn't have any problems there. So, you know, maybe there's a solution there. Maybe that's a, that's a middle-of-the-road solution between um, what's going on and, you know, where we are as a society with this strange thing that's only existed in the last 200 years, mainly due to the advancements of technology. Technology took music that was free and uh, made it into a recording that people paid for, and now technology has made it so that anyone can now record it, and now the music industry doesn't want people in on their basic monopoly. So, SOPA probably is going to eventually pass. It's just going to be rewritten and resent uh, a dozen different times until it's some sort of... um, something that the corporate industry wants to have happen. The current bill will probably die because it's brought too much attention to it. But like I said, Protect IP passed um and it's very likely that, you know, some version of SOPA will pass uh as well. It'll just be when people aren't paying attention. It'll get slipped into a funding bill, etc. And, you know, there will be millions of dollars paid into an industry to block you from actually seeing websites and things. And maybe there will be some constitutional challenges to that and it will eventually get to the Supreme Court. I don't know. I don't know how that will all roll out. I think, though, that um, the average person should be concerned that there are government interests as well as uh, corporate interests trying to determine what you can and cannot see on the Internet. And I think that outside of, say, going to a website filled with child pornography, that um, you should have the right to view anything on the internet um, that you want, because, you know, we have the freedom of speech and all that stuff here in the United States, and I think that once you start to download something, you know, you could be involved in theft, and maybe they could come up with some way of um, tracking just that part of it, but this current bill, the way it's written right now is basically to prevent you from seeing these websites altogether, and that is just a step forward to when you can't go to a WikiLeaks or you can't see other information um, from, say, what our government deems terrorist organization might be something that you would feel that you have the right to see what they, their side of the story is, or um, perhaps... You know, if we were to go to war with another country, they would block all the websites coming out of that country, etc. Basic censorship, it's very simple, and it's something that um, should be prevented. The, The government should not really have the power to block whole websites. I think that if you wanted to come up with a technological way of saying, you know, that could prevent people from downloading something from a website, and I know the technology is basically the same so I know that's not really going to work. But you know where I'm kind of coming from. If they could come up with a technological way of making it so you couldn't get the videos or the movies, etc., then that's fine. But um, you should still be able to get the information that you're looking for from these places. And I, I know that in the world of computers, those are both the exact same thing. So I don't know. But this isn't the answer. It's not the solution. And, um... I would say that uh, we shouldn't go for it. So that's it. That's it for this broadcast. I'm going to do a few more of these, I hope. Uh, I'm going to just do individual episodes. Some of them will be shorter, etc., and try and get them done. One thing I'm trying to work on right now is I have a a 30-minute drive to work every day. And it's a 30-minute drive home. And it's pretty uneventful. It's mostly like 15 different stops and stop signs because... There's no highway travel to my work, to my home, to my work. It's like through like three or four cities, and it's just like you know down some roads with stop signs one way, and then through a um, a park system um, with some signs and stuff. And um, I find myself like constantly turning on talk radio and realizing that um, I kind of want to blast out an old blast while I'm driving. I may actually try to um, throw on a uh, a headset and just record like a 20-minute oblast on the way to work and, and a follow-up 20 minutes afterwards and then combine them and send them out as an episode. I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but I am going to give it a, I might give it a try because I do find that a lot of the things that are on my mind, I tend to be, um, think of them really early in the morning, probably when my brain's freshest and uh, a lot of things are going on there. And, and it might be fun to see if I can um, uh, do that and, and put together shows a little bit more frequently and a little bit more timely, especially if things are going on in the world Um You know, for instance, North Korea, that thing that just happened, a lot of people are probably interested in um, some thoughts on that, and uh, I am going to do another show later this week um, that's going to address North Korea as well, uh, and the recent death of Kim Jong-il, but um, in the meantime, you know, thanks for listening and everything, sorry it's taken so long to keep getting these shows going, Uh, it's not my intention, but you know how it is, I'm just busy, but... Uh, hopefully, I can figure out some system here that's going to make it a little bit better and uh, I really do appreciate everybody listening and If you have comments and everything, feel free to visit the website videogamenews. com hop in the forums um, join us in any of the discussions in the chats you know if you disagree with what I'm saying, you just want to have a conversation about it. That's great. I may not actually want to jump into the conversation. I've had the conversation about the the movies and the music and everything, but you'll find a lot of people on the website that'll be happy to jump in and and uh, argue those points back and forth with you, and uh, um, you could all just agree that I'm a jerk, I don't care, either way, it's always great to um, have everybody in there uh, talking and stuff, but uh, check it out, that's it, I'll talk to you all later, peace.